What is up, everyone? And welcome to Busy Making Other Plans. Today's episode is really special for two reasons. Today, I'm feeling like a real wellness podcaster because I will be taking you on a journey towards financial empowerment because we are going to be talking about being a first time home buyer. I know it's scary to think about, especially as a young person living in Toronto, because we always hear about how the cost of living has risen and how the average home price in the last 10 years has just gone up significantly more than our salaries have. But I wanted to ease some of that anxiety. And if you're someone who isn't even thinking about buying real estate or avoids the topic because it just seems complicated, then today's an episode all about simplicity and telling you what you need to know so that you can start saving tomorrow with an actual goal in mind. Growing up, my parents always talked about the importance of homeownership and buying real estate. Um, It was all about building wealth and establishing a home base for myself if I ever wanted to leave because my parents know I do intend on moving to Europe at some point. Uh, But my dad always told me, okay, you can do that, but just buy real estate in Toronto first. So, you know, when you come home, you have assets and aren't uh, starting from zero. So yeah, that was something that was spoken about a lot in my household. And today I'm renting and that's totally okay because I live within my means and I'm I'm still able to have money at the end of every month to save and to invest. And renting is totally okay for now if you're one of those people. It's fun. I love living with my best friend. But will I be doing that forever? No. Uh, I want to own my own condo or house or whatever. And if you're like that too, then you better stick around because I have a guest today who is not only the smartest and most bestest person in my world, he's also my father. Everyone, please welcome my father, the owner of City Light Realty, Mike Tabataba E. Hi, everyone. Hi, Daddy. How's it going? Excellent. Thanks. You? Good. I'm so happy that you were able to join me. It was a very on-the-whim decision, but I thought it would be a really good topic to talk about just because um, you know, people my age, like I said before, it's not something that's on their radar or they just assume that buying a home in Toronto is impossible, but you for uh, know for a fact that it totally is possible. And you and I have had that conversation about how I really want to buy my own place within like a year. Absolutely, it is possible. That's, uh, that dream still exists. Toronto is a great destination for people like you to move in and live. Yeah, and based on what you know about me and like how much I've saved, my saving habits, like you would say that it's realistic to think in like a year or so I could buy a place. Absolutely. Great, yeah. And so that was my, that's my message here is really like to people that like it's totally possible and we're going to break it down. And so, you know, the first thing I want to ask you, Daddy, is uh, do you think it's possible for people my age to buy a place in Toronto? Is it like really like is that like something very possible? Do you think the GTA is more realistic? Well, it is possible uh, for somebody in your age, a couple of years older. And the GTA is also a good fit. It doesn't have to be Toronto GTA. So is it possible? Absolutely. It's just a matter of how much you have to save what kind of uh, income you have, how much saving you, you know, you're able to be. Everyone is different, correct? Mm-hmm. You want to be close to transportation. You don't mind being further from transportation to be in a suburb. That all matters, but possibility is there. Absolutely. Right. Because you're young, first-time home buyers, you don't need much to start buying a home. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first step is that you just need to start saving. Would you agree? Absolutely. Saving is a, saving is a must. If you're thinking about 
in a future financial freedom, either you have to invest in stocks or you have to buy real estate. You don't want to put your egg in one basket. You want to diversify. And real estate is a great way of investing for your future. Mm -hmm. Save however you can save. Either cut down from, say, going out or doing other stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think working from home these days, it's for sure allowed me to save a lot. Like I don't have to pay for my TTC pass. Um, I'm not going out for lunch all the time during my lunch break because I'm already home. So I'm going to make a meal. So I think like COVID has actually helped a lot of people save money. Like me personally, like I had a budget for myself when I first moved here and I'm definitely like beating it because there's things that I was budgeting for that I just I don't need to spend right now. Well, because of the COVID, lots of people have been getting a realistic understanding of how to save. Am I right? You don't have to go out every night. You could go once a week. For example, gym, you could have a home gym. There are so many ways of saving. And the biggest one is, can you work from home? That costs you lunch money, transportation money, and so on and so forth. By the time you figure it out, you're going to save between a few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars a month. Totally agree with that. I think I was spending like 50 between like 50 and $100 a month on Starbucks when I was in the office because I would buy a coffee every single day and sometimes a treat. So there's like the little things, they matter, the lunches, the coffees, the transport. If you look at those three alone, lunch, coffees, transportation, you're looking at about easy five, $600 a month. Absolutely. Especially if you're commuting in from like yeah. the suburbs. Okay. So exactly. you, so we all know like this is a great time to save, but this is actually a blessing in disguise. Let's say people have already made the decision that they're going to save, they want to buy a house. What are some of the things that they should know going into that? Like, what do you need to know? Uh, so basically the first thing is you need to know is you have to have down payment. The down payment is the most important thing that you have to have because when you walk into a bank, they ask, do you have a down payment? At the beginning, at the first time home buyer, you need 5% down payment. For example, a $500,000 home or a condo, a one-bedroom condo, 5% of it would be $25,000. You could also do something else. By pre-construction, when you have saved money, you put less than 5% or 5% down and you pay the balance five, six, seven years down the road. Now, the government has lots of ways of helping you. For example, uh, you can withdraw from your RRSV if you have any, up to $35,000 toward the house and it's tax-free. The government also gives you about another 5% to help you out. So what does it mean is if you have 5%, the government gives you 5 to maximum of 10% so you could afford to buy a house. What does it mean is your monthly payment goes lower, your interest rate goes lower, and so on and so forth. So that's one way. Wait, so I have a question about that. So you're, so you're saying that if you have 5%, but you need another 5%. You want to put 10% down so your mortgage payment is lower, that the government is able to... For example, you can only save 5%. You're a first-time home buyer. You can't afford 20 30% of the house, correct? So you're going to say, I, have, I can save 5%. So 5% of $500,000 is $25,000, correct? And federal government will assist you if you need extra money. Say you need extra 5%. They will literally help you pay extra 5 to 10%. They won't expect anything in return until you sell the house. Now your 5%, with the help of government, with another 5%, becomes 10%. What does it help is your insurance would be cheaper, your monthly payment would be cheaper, and so on and so forth. But keep in mind, when you sell the house in the future, the government also will share in your profit. When you sell the house, you have to give the government 5% of the profit. So they get their money back. But originally, it will help you to buy your home or buy faster. Right. 
Yeah, no, that's a really good tip. Exactly. So um, if you do want like a lower mortgage payment every month or a lower insurance rate, then um, it would be a good idea to also take advantage of that government program. Absolutely. So the second thing you have to know beside the down payment is get organized. So what does it mean? It means pay down all your debt. Say you have Visa debt, MasterCard, the credit card that you pay them. Prepare your paperwork, like those things that you need. You need a T4, letter from employment that you work for X, Y, Z, and you make X amount of money. Uh, you have other sorts of investments. If the bank says where the money is coming from, it says from RSP, here is the plan. Here is my proof that I have money there. Or if you want to get from your parents a gift. So, for example, the parents can give you, a, say, a gift in the form of money. So I'm going to give you $25,000. You need a letter stating that they're giving you that money. So it's not like a money launder, correct? Uh, you also need to prepare a void check or, you know, anything else, inventory of all the, you know, make sure there's no debt, like car payment and so on and so forth. And the most important thing before buying a house, don't forget, don't change job, don't buy a new car, don't put money on your credit card. You know, it's going to affect your credit score and it's going to affect how much money you can borrow from bank. Right. So like if you are look interested in buying a house, like it's not a good time to also have all these other expenses going on. Don't go looking for a new car. Uh, you know, don't don't go up signing up for a new credit card. No, no. no. And pay off your debt as much as possible. Yeah. The third thing is check for government rebates. We talked about this, correct? Mm -hmm. For example, there is home buyer plan. Uh, you can withdraw thirty five up to $35,000 from your RSP and it's tax free. So those are other things that you got to think about. The land transfer tax rebate that the government gives you. So you, for example, in Toronto, first time home buyer, the government gives you a grant of $4,475 toward your taxes. So which means if your land transfer tax is $6,000, they take almost $4,500 off of it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think a lot of people know what a land transfer tax is. What is that? Well, basically, every time you buy a house, there is a tax that Ontario and the city of Toronto collect. There are two different taxes. It's called land transfer tax for the property that you buy. Mm. The tax that charged based on what you're buying. So, for example, if you're buying, say, a condo, it could be like there is a certain formula. If anybody needs it, I could send them the formula. But say you're buying a home for $600,000, the land transfer tax that you have to give at the closing time says about, say, $6,000, yeah? If you're a first-time home buyer, the government of Ontario will basically give you a rebate of $4,475,000. Okay, yeah, because there's a rebate from the city of Toronto and there's a rebate from the city from the, the province of Ontario. Yes. Okay, that's good to know. So just so I'm clear, because I'm also learning, <laughs> is that, you know, when you're saving up things and, and you're ready to buy a home, um, you know, make sure you have a down payment. So if I think I want to buy a $500,000 condo, save $25,000 for my down payment for a 5% down. And then if I want my mortgage payment to be lower, then I could take advantage of the government programs that will give me about five, maybe 10% additionally. Um, so long as when I sell my house, I give it back to them. You share the profit or you share the, they share you the profit and they share the loss with you. So yes. True. So even if my house, you know, goes down in value, they also lose. Yes. So they share the loss with you. Yes. So they are like a partner. Great. And then... And also get organized. Make sure all your paperwork are organized. Right. And that's something you would walk through with your realtor to make sure you have all of your paperwork. The realtor, a professional realtor should give you all this instruction step by step, print out form that you understand. Yes. 
Okay. So make sure you got a good realtor. And then also recognize that when it comes to closing on the property, you're going to have to pay a land transfer tax. And depending on where you live, you will either get a a rebate from the province of Ontario, but you could also get province of Ontario and let's say city of Toronto, if you're buying a property there. Exactly. Yes. Okay. There's a rebate for a first time homebuyer. That step number four, we talked about the three steps. So there are seven steps. Okay, step four. Now you go to your financial institutions, RBC, TD, BMO, uh, any financial that you work, or a mortgage broker. I like BMO. Me too. Get a mortgage uh, pre-approval, basically. So basically what it is, is mortgage pre-approval is free. You don't have to pay for it. Uh, you're not committed to any banks or financial institution, even if they tell you, yes, you qualify for X, Y, Z. But at least gives you an opportunity to find out how much you can afford, how much you can afford monthly payment, uh, what's your interest rate, correct? So basically, those are the three things. So then you understand, oh, my interest rate is going to be X amount, my monthly payment is this amount, and this is how much I can afford. Mm-hmm. So this is like a really important step. And you have to do the pre-approval prior to looking for the house. Absolutely. That becomes a step number five, finding an experienced real estate agent. Somebody who understands the market, somebody who is experienced, who is full-time and can afford a lot of time spending explaining. And since you're a first-time home buyer, making sure that all these checkboxes that we talked about is mm-hmm. check, 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 and it makes your experience a lot easier. Right. And I think that's a really important step because your realtor is a very important decision because they're the ones who are going to help you save money if they do their job well. And also give you your dream home. And you want this process to be seamless. Like, not, it's not just someone who, you know, does this part-time and, and won't give you the time of day. Not that it's bad to do it part-time, but you just, you need attention to detail. So basically, the good thing is you don't pay for the services. It's free. Really? Yes. So there is no commission involved. It's, their services is absolutely free. Oh, okay. So when you're buying it, for example, somebody's called me and said, I want to buy a house. There's, my services is absolutely free. I can show them between one home or 500 homes. It doesn't really matter. The goal is to make sure the client is happy with what they have, right? So the services is absolutely free. Now, if the services are free, why not choose the best agents? Right. I understand sometimes people pick friends and family, but at the end of the day, you want somebody who takes care of you and your money and can negotiate on your behalf. Right. The negotiation piece, super key. So then explain to me that how are you compensated? How am I compensated? Yeah. So I'm comp- but say you're a buyer, you come and call me and say, hey, I want to buy a house. I said, no problem. We'll go through the whole process together and then I'll find you a home. The home seller will pay me my commission. So you're compensated by the home seller. Exactly. So the buyer doesn't have to pay anything. All buyer has to do is make sure they pick the right real estate agent that could actually protect them. Oh, I see. A lots of people get confused. They contact the person who is listing the home. It's always good to have a buyer agent that could contact or negotiate with a seller agent. Because if you contact directly the person who's selling the home, it becomes a conflict of interest. So he can take care of you while taking care of the seller. A lot of agents do that. I personally don't feel right because I think right. you can have you can in certain cases, but it's always better to have your own representative. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, you want someone to be able to negotiate on your behalf. And I didn't know about the compensation piece, but that's important. That's good to know. So now if people are looking for a home, you know, 
get the experience since you're not paying for the service. All right. So what's the next step? So the next one step is when you have the money, you have your paperwork, you have gotten your mortgage approval, you find your agent. Now the fun part is start searching for a home. The fun. Woo. Yeah, that's really fun because you tell the agent what you're looking for, what areas you're looking for, how much you can afford, how much like your maximum budget is and your criteria. Basically, what do you want? You want a condo, townhouse, detached home in a suburb, in downtown. So that's the fun part. And you may go get a chance to go see 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 home. Yeah. You have to be open-minded. There's no perfect home right. unless you build it. Yes. I. You know what? That's so true because there are a lot of people who have like a really low budget, but then they want this like grand uh, mansion. And you're like, all right, let's like lower expectations here. Yes. Yes. You have to keep your expectation Again, you could have, uh, in today's market, what it is, is you have to have your expectation controlled. But again, a really experienced real estate agent will explain you all this stuff. So it makes it a lot more easier to navigate you through the process. And so, um, you know, you're looking for a place, someone like me, because, you know, I'm trying to buy a place in like a year. I work in the city. Of course, I work remotely, but like I do enjoy the city. Do you think that it's re- it's smart for me to like buy a home versus like a condo downtown when it comes to like value? It's a matter of life. Is at a certain point becomes a lifestyle choice. Right. But let's say you know my lifestyle, but like I'm trying to maximize my return on investment. So return on investment, again, there are pros and cons of buying homes or a condo, correct? Right. So, or a single home, townhouse for a condo. You, you need to understand. For example, buying a home, there are certain things you got to take care of maintenance and so on and so forth. Maintenance of the house, do you know what I mean? Shoveling driveway, cutting mm-hmm. grass, larger home, larger taxes, and so on and so forth, and distance from the downtown. And a condo is condo in downtown in Toronto is easy. You don't have to much worry about the maintenance because, you know what I mean? There are less responsibilities. But the thing is, the problem with the condos is maintenance fees. Let's say you buy a condo. The condo, so you get a mortgage, $500,000. You pay like, say, $2,000 a month. And after that, I'm giving an example of $2,000. It could be less or more. I'm not sure. So, so basically, you said you pay like, say, $2,000 a month. Then there are taxes you have to pay, monthly taxes, correct? And after that, in a condo, you have to pay condo fees. And condo fees are the fees like could go anywhere from three, dollars $400 all the way to $1,000, which is huge amounts of money. And those condo fees, they never go down. They keep going up. You have to understand that. And then at the same time are your utilities. The advantage of condo is you get the gym and swimming pool, but most people don't use it that often. So you have to remember, the higher the maintenance fee goes up, which means the older the building gets, the lower the value of your condo becomes in the long term. If you get a townhouse or a semi-detached or a single home in Toronto or anywhere else, say GTA, that element, element of maintenance fee well, it's not there. So all you're paying it is taxes, utilities, and no maintenance fee. Now, you still have to do maintenance on a house, but that adds more value because maintenance means you renovate your house, you upgrade your house, you do other stuff to it. So again, there is pros and cons. It's all a matter of lifestyle. Okay, that's good to know. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's your lifestyle. So the maintenance fee to you if you live in a condo probably isn't worth it to some people. And then to others, they might say that's just the the price I'm willing to take to, you know, live in a downtown or in Toronto. Exactly. There are professional there are professional couples or, you know, couple with the kids that they love to live in condos or downtown townhouses. It's called condo townhouses or a townhouse mm-hmm. in that. They don't mind paying more. 
for sure. So convenience of having access to everything. It's just a matter of lifestyle. Okay. But you've always told me that I should buy a place in Toronto. Like as a father, you have always told me buy a place in Toronto. I love Toronto because you can't go wrong. Again, Toronto has a huge area. I personally like certain part of Toronto. You and I talked about this. And again, I don't think a condo is a bad idea. If you're buying a condo, make sure the condo is a newer condo, less than five years old or five to seven years old. And then at the same time, Close to a subway line. Close to a subway line. I like along Young. There are certain areas that I really like. I love, for example, Etobicoke. Great location, great place if you want to buy and live. Etobicoke is nice. Etobicoke is like a suburb in Toronto. It's beautiful. I know. It was no doubt about the great place to live. I just want to make sure, like, you know, if people are listening and you're thinking about, should I buy a house in Milton or should I buy a condo in Toronto and you want to maximize your return on investment, where it would be the best place is what I was getting at. If it was up to me, I would buy a house in Milton if I want to get my return investment. It just matter of what you're buying in Toronto. For example, Etobicoke or Milton, I pick Etobicoke because it's very suburban kind of a style within the city of Toronto. You know what I mean? Return on investment, again, I'm not a condo person, but as an investment, I like to buy a townhouse, condo townhouse, lower maintenance fees, semi-detached. And if I have the money, single home, that I could rent a basement to somebody else to make sure that has a separate entrance for the basement. But those are the conversation for later on. But again, that's my view. Everyone is different. No, that's really good to know, actually. Um, so you really can't go wrong. It's literally all preference. You can get return on investment anywhere. Again, I, my preference is I try to avoid condos. Downtown is great. The certain location is great. But what I'm just saying that my return on investment in the long term, i rather have Say townhouse, semi-detached, or a single detached home. Okay, good to know. In suburb, if, if, if I can't afford in Toronto, I'd rather suburb, if I can afford. So maybe, so maybe next year I'll buy a, I'll buy a house in Vaughan. That, well, that's beautiful, but it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, I can't afford that. <laughs> you, as I said, an agent will help you to decide what areas you can and cannot afford. Yeah, it seems like it's literally just like um, the process is not very like linear. Like I, there doesn't, there's no one right way to do things. All right. So then what's our next step? We've been shopping around for homes. Yeah. So the next step is you select the house that you like and you put an offer on it. The offer. So basically, and hopefully your offer gets accepted and you're the proud owner of the home. And after that, you need a lawyer, real estate lawyer, and you need the home inspectors. And you need to call the bank, says, I bought this home. You, then you get your final approval. Previously, it was a pre-approval. Remember, when you go to a bank, they pre-approve you, said $500,000. So you said, I put an offer on a house. It's usually condition of financing and mm -hmm. home inspection. And a condos, it's called a status certificate. Yeah? Yeah. So when those conditions are met, like you go to a bank, say, I bought this one. Bank says, you're okay. We approve you. Your final approval is done. You call a home inspector, you're going to say, hey, I want to take a look at my condo or house to make sure there's nothing wrong with it. They said, yeah, the house looks beautiful. Go ahead. So after that, you get a status certificate. If you have a condo, your lawyer will review your status certificate. And the lawyer said, yeah, it's all good. And then after that, you met all conditions. And then you're a proud owner of a condo or a house. Beautiful. And then all you got to do is just wait till move-in day. You get the key and... You get a moving truck, you move in. It's the most exciting time. Literally, is the most stressful and exciting. At the same time, you're so excited. And then when you get the key, is the most exciting time of your life. Yes, because that's your home. That's really, that's like a really nice picture to paint that although it's like stressful at the end of the day, it's like a, it's a milestone. And you should be proud of the fact that you saved and were able to kind of get through that. It is a very proud moment because you have accomplished, like literally you have 
there are not many people get an opportunity to buy a home. At that moment, you are one of, like, say, 50% of Canadians that own a home or 60% own a home, and it's a proud moment. And I would challenge my listeners to try and save $25,000 for that $500,000 home that you're interested in buying, because for sure you can find a place for $500,000, maybe not in the city, but for sure in the GTA. Again, you talk to your estate agent, every location is different, pricing is different. And I want to also mention that I've been looking online and there are there are condos in the city in different pockets of it that are 500,000. So if you are a city person, you you can find them. So don't be scared of like the headlines you see on the news. No, the headlines are usually bad news. They want to scare you off, to be honest. Right now, interest rates are the lowest possible, like literally at yesterday at less than 1%. And so first time home buyers, they can get a good deals right now on interest rates, uh, either be variable or fixed. And uh, so which means your mortgage rate will be lower. Your monthly payment is lower. So there's a lot of good factors. Prices are going higher and higher. But again, you can afford more because mortgage rates are lower. So true. Keep in mind, 5%, the government is always there to help you out if you need be another 5 to 10%. Right. And if you have any questions, like always like rely on your realtor to help you with that information. You can definitely contact me at the end of the show or you can call your local real estate agent. Yeah, and I will vouch for you. My dad is a great real estate agent. He's been doing this like for forever. It feels yeah. like forever. And he's always had like really good testimonials. So I, I highly recommend him. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I sound so biased, but it's true. Like, guys, my friends love my dad. He is just mm-hmm. like, he's everyone's best friend. So he is like such a great person to like walk you through this journey. Thanks. And does income have have anything to do with it as well? Income, absolutely. When you, again, Another, when you go to qualify for a mortgage, as we talked about, when you go to your bank to pre-qualify, they will ask you for a down payment, how much money you have to put toward the house, 5%, 10%, 20%. And income, mm-hmm. they will ask you for how much your income is. They will look at your income. They look at your credit score. Make sure you pay your bills on time. Yeah. That's to be more than 680 and higher. Income does matter. Income, down payment, and your credit score does matter when you're buying your home. Okay. And is it, so a lot of people who live in the city, they do freelance, they're contract workers. So are you, is it harder for them to get a pre-approved? It's a little bit harder for the people that don't have a steady job, like they're contractors, correct? Right. So the bank looks at those people differently. One of the most important thing is to go talk to your bank, financial institution, or a mortgage broker. Right. The rules applies differently. Okay. And the mortgage broker in the bank will explain differences and they will explain how you can qualify for the mortgage. Okay, that's really good to know because I just don't want people because I I just want to make sure for transparency that people know like if you are a contract or freelance worker it is going to be harder for you to get pre-approved. It's going to be not harder harder but a little bit, as long as they can show income as long as they like yeah. everything is based on you have income coming in right. and they could prove the income that should be no problem. It's just okay. a bank wants to see the proof of your statement of income. And see consistency and, and stuff like that. They want to see consistency. They want to see at least three to six months of a steady income. Okay. Okay. Then they ask for your NOA for the last two years. It's called notice of assessment. It's a little bit more challenging to get it, but, again, but it's with the possible. help of a good mortgage broker, you should have no problem getting it. Okay. That's good to know. So guys, don't lose hope if you're a freelancer or a contract worker. There's a lot of people who own houses and do that. I am an entrepreneur and I don't work for anybody else. I work for myself and I own multiple properties. So don't be scared. You could get it. You need All you need is a good mortgage broker. So yeah, don't be scared. 
Cool. All right. And so um, if anyone's interested in purchasing a home, and if you are, congratulations, um, where can they reach you? Well, well, they can always reach me at uh, my cell phone number at 905-409-5455. Or they can email me at mike at citylightrealty.com or on Instagram, mike underscore real estate. Great. Yeah. Those are all great ways of getting in contact with you. Um, Anyways, thank you so much, Daddy, for coming on the show and, um, you know, teaching us, you know, the way towards home ownership. I hope this was really helpful for everyone listening. I know it was super helpful for me. And um, if it wasn't on your radar before, I really encourage everyone to start thinking about uh, their first home and, and know that it's super, super possible. And if they have any questions, you can always reach out to my dad. Like he is a very quick responder. If you message him on Instagram or send him a text, he is ready for it um and uh, i think that's all there is to this episode do you have any last final thoughts no no uh, uh, you know if you're buying a home you're investing in real estate congratulations you're smart you're ahead of everybody else again don't put your egg all in one basket real estate is great and investing in a stock is also is good so you got to make sure that you do both thank you so so much and everyone thanks for listening we will see you next tuesday thanks for uh, tuning into busy making other plans Scandal.